Good morning. It's good to see all of you this morning. We're in our series answering one question. We're going to answer one question all year. What's our question? What do I believe? That's right. So we're answering that question all year. What do I believe? And we've been in this series talking about who God is. And this morning we're going to continue that series and look at another aspect and characteristic of God. But how, how many of you know that um, for a long time, for some reason, we as humanity, we have, and the scientific community as well, we, we have a fascination with like the speed of light. Have you noticed that? It's this really cool thing that we all get really excited about. It's in the movies. It's in our science. It's, it's just this really cool thing. And we can find writings as far back as Aristotle talking about the speed of light. Now, Aristotle believed that light was just instantaneous. It didn't really even have a speed because it was so fast. And it looks that way, doesn't it? It just looks like it's there. It's so fast that your eyes can't even adjust to the speed because it's, so, it's faster than actually our eyes can adjust. Um, so it looks like it's instantaneous. But as we move forward through history and more and more scientists and mathematicians and other people began to discover that... Um, that light really has a speed. Galileo, you remember him, right? Galileo um, did it, wanted to do this experiment where you put two lanterns on two different hills and open one and close the other. And then as you, you could see the difference of the light, you could see the speed of the light. And so that kind of started some things. And then we eventually get to Einstein, right? And Einstein helps us understand that the speed of light is really 186,000 miles per second, now, you're probably wondering, how fast is that? Well, it's 671 million miles per hour. That's a little faster than your car. This is really, really fast. In fact, it's part of his famous equation, E equals MC squared. The C is the speed of light, right? So Einstein and many others, they believe that the speed of light is the fastest speed we have in the universe. And it is. It's, I think it's important for us scientifically because it gives us a constant throughout the universe to just do a lot of good science. And so we have this reliable constant in the speed of light. We've also been learning lots of other interesting things about the speed of light. Like NASA uh, says that mass or matter, it, it can't travel the speed of light. So anything that has mass would be destroyed if it went the speed of light. Now, what does that mean? Let me put it in simple terms. It means, and I'm sorry to say this, it means that the Millennium Falcon cannot go the speed of light. And so I know that is like terrible for some of you right now and that like messing with your brain. But all along, I knew that they could not make the Kessel run in 12 parcels. I, I mean, I knew it. But, you know, Han, he just thinks he can. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you need to go back and rewatch Star Wars A New Hope or the new Han Solo movie, and you'll, you'll get the reference. I bring up this idea of the speed of light this morning as we talk about the third aspect of who God is. The Bible declares to us, and we'll look at this this morning, that God is omnipresent. He's omnipresent. And the speed of light is a way that we describe how fast light moves. And it's the fastest thing that we know. But that's not how God works. See, omnipresence is not being really, really fast. It's being present everywhere all the time. 
It's a state of being. It's not a speed. And so when we say God is omnipresent, we're not talking about how fast he is, how fast he can answer your prayer, your prayer how quickly he can get from heaven to where you are, because he's already there. He's right where you are all the time because he is omnipresent. And since we can't see God because he is spirit, this is very helpful for us to know and study because it's valuable for our relationship with him to know that he's with us all the time, that he's right here wherever we are. And our relationship with God, I believe, can take a whole new meaning when we understand that he is with us all the time, that he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. And wherever you are and whatever you're doing, he's right there with you because God is omnipresent. See, God is present everywhere all the time, and that means that he wants to be in your presence all the time. And if you think about that for a minute, that God wants to be in your presence all the time, it it means that you and I probably need to step back a little bit and reflect on how much God loves you, how much he wants to be in your life, how special you are to him that he wants to be in your presence all the time and he never wants to leave it. That's an important part of our relationship. And I think God being omnipresent means that each of us need to understand that 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 understanding of God, that understanding of who he is, can affect our life every day and should affect our everyday life as we live with God, understanding that he is omnipresent. Because God is omnipresent, that means that God is with you. He's with you. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, God is with you. And I'm going to talk about that this morning. I want that to be our kind of one of our our major themes this morning is that that you and I walk away understanding that God is with you. And scripture declares that. Now, this is good news because it means wherever we go, whatever we're doing, God is present with us. And if he is present with us, then all of the resources of heaven are also present with us. Wherever we are means we don't have to be afraid, means we don't have to worry, because God is with us. At the time that the Bible is written, the 1,500 years that it takes to put it all together, humanity has a very different viewpoint on God's, different than we do. And in those ancient times, God's were thought to be kind of more like a glorified human with great power. And they would interact with humanity whenever they felt like it or it served their best purposes. But they were a distance from earth and each one kind of had their home. That was kind of the understanding. And they would have to travel here in order to interact with mankind to help us or to destroy us. And the Bible clearly communicates that God is completely different. Completely different. And that's why these things that we believe are important for us to understand, to understand that God is entirely different than anything we know or understand. And we've been talking about that, that God is omniscient, that he knows all things all the time, that he's omnipotent, he's all powerful. And this morning that he's omnipresent, that he's everywhere at once. See, these qualities of God, 
that we need to understand and that we need to believe and they need to become a daily part of our walk with God, they help us have an incredible relationship with him because we begin to understand that nothing can hinder us from being in relationship with him. Nothing. Now let's dive a little bit deeper into this idea of God's omnipresence. First, we discover that God is present everywhere all the time. That's what scripture relays to us over and over again. And let me show you some verses that kind of describe that and describe this aspect and this quality of God that he is present everywhere all the time. One of those verses is in Isaiah 66.1. It says, this is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Now, let me remind you of something. We, we talked about this several weeks ago, but this idea of heaven, this biblical understanding of heaven, and for many of the writers, the Jewish writers, this idea of heaven um, is very significant. While it does mean and help, helps us understand that, it, that it's this place that you and I go to to be with God when we pass away, it also has a greater and a more uh, practical understanding and meaning to the Jewish culture. And that was that the heavens or the heavenlies or heaven was really basically everything off the planet. So earth was earth. And so when you see that reference, uh, whatever they're referencing, the mountains or the rivers or earth itself, it's the planet. Heaven or the heavenlies or something like this, heaven is my throne, the author would really have this idea that everything off the planet. So when I look up into the sky at night or during the day, and it, particularly at night, and I just see the vastness of everything off the planet, that's heaven. It's everything. It's everything out there. This is the idea. And so what we see is God in this very, very large capacity where he's saying everything off, off the earth is my throne. And the earth is my footstool. It's my ottoman. Now, how many of you have an ottoman at home? Like you like it, you enjoy it, you sit on your couch, put your feet on your ottoman, and, or maybe you have a lazy boy and you kick back in your chair and, and an ottoman kicks itself out from under your chair for you. Yeah, yeah, now we're talking. Well, if you sit down on your couch and you put your feet on your ottoman, you're present in both places, aren't you? You're present in both places. Now, you might have a little bit of space in between, but you are present on the couch and you are present on the ottoman. That's you. Now, this verse just happens to tell us the immense awesomeness of God, that God is present in outer space and he's also present right here. That means that he can be present with you at work and he can be present with someone in China at the exact same time. It means that God is with you. In Jeremiah 23, verse 24, he describes it, God, a little bit different way as well. He says, who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. Now, first of all, how many of you, uh, like me, maybe at one point or another, I, for some reason I, I have in my head that I think I have a special spot where I can hide from God? right? Or this is a special thing I can do from in my life and God can't see it. And Jeremiah kind of debunks that for us, right? There's no secret place. There's nowhere that God can't see and there's nothing that God cannot do. 
But then he says this, and this is really God talking. He says, do not I fill heaven and earth? In other words, God says, I'm everywhere. I'm filling all of heaven and earth at the same time. I'm everywhere. So if you think you can hide from me, you can't. You can't hide from me because I'm everywhere. All at the same time. I'm filling everything at the same time. I'm filling heaven. I'm filling earth. I'm everywhere all the time, which means God is always with you. In Psalm 139, Verse 7 to 10, David also processed this out loud about what it means that God is present everywhere all the time. And he said this, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. See, what David is describing out loud for you and, my, you and me is that his presence, God's presence, is everywhere. And David says it clearly. If I go into outer space, if I go up into the heavens, and he's probably at the same time, this vision of looking up into the sky and seeing everything off the planet, God's out there. He's everywhere out there. If I went into the furthest outer space, maybe that star that I'm looking at way out there, if I went way out to that star, God would be there. That's where he'd be. He'd be in outer space. And if I went to the deepest place on earth, if I could get to the deepest place in the world, the, the, the depths of earth, God's there. And then most likely David is writing this psalm from Jerusalem somewhere. And in verse 9, he says this, If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. In other words, it, imagine yourself, you're sitting in Jerusalem. Maybe he's hanging out on the top of the palace, just writing, basking in the sun, getting, a, you know, getting some vitamin D like you and I need. And he looks east. And what does he see when he looks east? He sees the sun rising. He sees the dawn. And he says, if I could go that far, all the way to the sun, God would be there. That's where he'd be. And as he looks west, he sees the Mediterranean. And as far as he looks, he knows there's the sea. And, and as far as my eye can go, God would be there. And so in essence, what David is seeing, saying is, if I could go as far east as I could, God would be there. Now, if you go east and you keep going east, how far will you go? A long, long way. <laughs> And David is saying, as far as I can go, east, God's there. And as far as I would go west, God is there. Now, they didn't have modern technology, so in their mind, it was basically as far as you could see was as far as you could go. And we know from other places in Scripture that you can't run from God. Ask Jonah if you can get, a get in a boat and go really far on the water and run from God. You can't. You can't run from God. He's always 
there. He's everywhere. Now, since God's presence is everywhere all the time, this means some really cool things for you and me. Let me share a couple with us. Since God is present everywhere all the time, it means that God is with us during the challenging times. So during the challenging times of our life, that means God is there. He is with you. And it means that there's also never been a time in your life that God was not there. That you could look back in your history and you could discover that God was always there. Even when you were saying you didn't want him in your life. He was there. Because he's omnipresent. It also means that God is with you right now. Whatever you're going through. Whatever life has for you right now in this season of your life today, on this Sunday, sitting here in this room, God is with you right now in this room. It also means because God is omnipresent that whatever is coming up in your future, whatever tomorrow may bring, whatever next week or next month or next year or 10 years or 25 years from now, whatever's going to happen in the future, God is with us. Now, just for a minute, can I stop there? How many times do we freak out about the future? This should change our life. This idea that God is omnipresent should change our life. It should change our thinking. It should change what we worry about. It should change that we no longer think about conspiracy theories anymore that are going to freak out our future. Why? Because God's there. And if my Savior is in tomorrow... And if my Savior is in my life 25 years from now, then do I have anything to worry about? No, No, I don't. Even if man decides to go completely crazy, or has already, does it matter? No, because God's there. My Savior is with me tomorrow, and next week, and next month, and next year. That's the most important thing in our life. And God's omnipresence reminds us of that, that he is always with us. And we need to be reminded of that as the church, amen? We need to be reminded of that as Christ's followers because in our future, prophecy tells us that the world may not be very kind to those that are following Jesus because we are the ones holding up the mirror. We're the ones holding up the truth. We are the ones holding up what what mankind needs to be believed in. And so there will be in our future oftentimes where we are challenged with what God asks us to do. See, through every season of our life, God has been there, God is there, and God will be there. That should give us hope. Psalm 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. I like that verse. It's a good reminder that God's present help is always with us during our challenging times. His help is available instantaneously because he is present where you are. His strength is available at a moment's notice because he's with you right in the middle of your trouble, right in the middle of your challenge, right in the middle of your temptation. Whatever you're going through, right in the middle of it, David says we can take refuge in God's presence and that in his presence we can find joy and rest and peace. These are all available to us 
instantaneously because God is omnipresent in our lives, because he's everywhere. Do you have something really challenging that you are trying to break in your life right now? Maybe there's something you're working through in your life. Maybe there's something that you're trying to work on in a relationship. Maybe there's something at work you're trying to work through. Maybe there's um, something in your family you're trying to work through. Maybe, maybe there's something that's inside you. That maybe there's a sin inside you, a, a habitual sin, and you're just trying to work it out with God and get it out of your life. It's, maybe it's a sexual sin or gossip or being selfish with your finances, whatever it might be. Whatever habits of sin we're trying to break in our lives, it's a good reminder that God is right there with us, right in that battle, right in that struggle, right in that temptation, right in that moment where you and I are trying to decide between following the Lord or following the world, right in that moment of frustration and challenge, and we're being pulled two different directions, right in that moment, God is there to help us choose righteousness, choose goodness, choose godliness, and choose to obey God's word. Right in that moment, God is there. He's giving us strength. He also gives us incentive to live this righteous life as we hold on to him. And we remember that we are accountable to him. And right in that moment, I can remember, hey, God's with me right now. He's, he's right here. And I want to honor him. I want to honor his word. I want to honor what he tells me to do with my words and my actions. And I want to live right for him. We're also reminded that his grace is right with us in every single, remote, every single moment. See, it's a good reminder that God is with us during the hardest times of our life because he wants relationship with us. We need to remember this also because in those moments, it's a great opportunity for us to press into God, to really just focus on him and press into him, especially if you're having a really hard day or a really difficult year. It's a great opportunity for you to press into God, knowing that he's right there with you. And God's omnipresence is encouraging because we need to be reminded that God is with us all the time. And he is especially with us in those challenging times. Second, we see throughout scripture that God is present with us when we stand up for him. There are moments throughout scripture that we notice that God is right there with people as they choose to stand up for the Lord. And the same is true for us in our day. See, standing up for God is a big part of our faith and I think will become an even larger part of our faith more and more every single year as we move into our future. This will be something that you and I are required to do on a regular basis even to stand up for God and to live for him. The Bible teaches that God is present with us when we stand up for him. And that standing up for him, it does not ensure, by the way, that you will be safe or that you will even live. Like, that's not true biblically. That every single time God will radically protect you from whatever is happening. Now we have those moments in scripture and God can certainly do that if he wants. But God can also choose to just take us home. And, and we also discover throughout history that one of the things that often just helps the church thrive and helps the church grow in a radical way is persecution, martyrdom. By the way, Nero tried to snuff the church out and he helped it explode during the end of the, in 60-ish A.D., 
as he was persecuting the church, the church exploded as thousands of people would come into the Colosseum and watch people willingly die for this man named Jesus. They all began to ask this question, who is this guy, Jesus? Maybe they need to figure out who this guy is, that people would willingly just give up their life graciously. And so sometimes God will rescue us, but sometimes he will not. But the thing that we need to remember most importantly is God is with us in that moment. In fact, as you read throughout the New Testament, you'll discover that suffering for Jesus is one of the greatest blessings and one of the ways we actually grow very close to him and begin to know him more and more. Paul said it like this in Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. See, many of the New Testament writers believe that as we suffer for Christ, we actually draw much closer to Jesus. As in those moments, we discover that God's presence is right with us and we draw very, very close to him. So when we stand up for God, I believe that his presence is with us and we see moments of that in scripture. Remember the story of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. You might know Meshadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who um, would not bow to Nebuchadnezzar's golden statue. In this moment, they stood up for God and they were thrown into a fire. And as they were thrown into the fire, the Bible says an angel, um, or possibly Jesus, we're not sure, but somebody, a fourth person, shows up in the fire, which represents God's presence and power. And they came and they stood with those three guys in the fire and rescued them from Nebuchadnezzar. And this angel was for everyone to see that God's presence had been with them all along. That the whole time, God was with them. His presence was with them. This entire time that they were standing up for God, God was with them. And it's a good reminder for us as well that God is with us when we stand up for him. And I think that's important for us to understand as well. Another one is in the New Testament when Stephen is stoned to death. Now, this is the opposite. Stephen doesn't live. He dies for Christ. But throughout the moment, the day that Stephen is walking through this day of being persecuted and walks to his, his death, the presence of God is with him. In Acts chapter 6, verse 59, it says, While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he said this, he fell asleep. Now, let me just go a little side note here. This is a great example of what can happen in our hearts when we're right with Jesus. Right? When our hearts are right with Jesus, we can actually forgive the people that are killing us in the moment that they are killing us. I mean, this, this is incredible, the soft heart that Stephen has. I also think it kind of, in a way, reveals the omnipresence of God as well. Because I don't know about you, but I would need God to be with me to say that. <laughs> I just would. I'd need God to be right with me in order for me to say, Lord, forgive this person for killing me. He'd need to be right there with me. 
See, the actions and words of Stephen give us this picture that Jesus is present with him, that the Holy Spirit is present with him. All through this very, very difficult moment of his day, the suffering and dying for Christ, we see that God is with him throughout the entire time. God's omnipresence is a great reminder that when we suffer for Jesus, he is right there with us. Now, this is encouraging. It's encouraging because you and I need to know that we can stand up for God and he's there with us. That when we stand up for the truth of God's word, God is there with us. That in those moments where you and I make that choice to say, I'm going to stand up for Jesus right now, right in this moment, I want you to know God is there with you. He's right in that moment with you. A third thing that we see is that God's abilities and his attributes are with us. Let me explain. And let me explain why this is important. Have you ever, and I I don't expect you to raise your hand. We don't have to be too confessional this morning. But have you ever had someone in your life that was hard to love? One person was brave enough to raise their hand. By the Snickers, I'm going to guess that we all have, right? Now, you know you're supposed to love. Like, we know that. We're, we're like, we know as believers we're supposed to love. And maybe we're even trying to love. But if we're going to be honest, right, it's hard. Like, we all have somebody in our life. It's, they're just hard to love. This is where God's omnipresence comes in. If God is present with us, and he is, then that means God can help me love. God can help me love that hard person. Because God is love. And because God has a limitless supply of love. And since he is present with us, in those moments where we're hanging out with that person that is hard to love, we can ask God right in that moment to give us the love we need. To give us the love that we want to have for that person. To model the life and the love of Jesus Christ to that person, through us, to them. And maybe, just maybe, that person that's really hard to love is yourself. Maybe the person you're having trouble loving and that's very difficult for you to love, is yourself. Maybe when you look in the mirror, you don't like what you see. And it's time that you did. It's time that you began to look in the mirror as God is standing right there with you, is right with you in that moment that you look in the mirror. And you can say to yourself, I love what God created. I love what I see. In all of its imperfections and whatever is in the mirror, whatever the reflection is, you can say, right in that moment, God loves me, and I'm going to start to love myself too. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, verse 38 to 39, it says, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us 
from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is a good reminder for us that we cannot separate ourselves from God's love. It's impossible because God is love and because God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. That means his love is everywhere. You and I just have the choice to interact with it, to give it away, to receive it, to live in it, to let that be our life. Has anyone had a really tough season lately? Like it just seems like everything is caving in on you. And maybe there's just a lot of pain, there's a lot of sadness, but you want joy and you want hope. Well, God, God has an endless supply of both of those qualities as well. And since he's present in you and he is with you, you can ask him for them. And you can ask him for joy in the middle of your tough time. You can ask him for hope in the middle of a season that looks and feels hopeless. Now, does that mean all of your trouble will go away? No, because that's not always the answer. It doesn't mean that your trouble goes away. It means that you receive joy and hope in the middle of your trouble. And in fact, the times of our life where that's the case, we actually discover how to interact with God better, how to grow in Christ more, and how joy and hope really work in our lives when we're not just rescued instantaneously from all of our problems. But in the middle of the problem, we walk with God and we see him with us and we see him walking with us and then at times we see him carry us. It's in those moments that the joy and the hope of Christ become ours in great degrees. Is anyone having trouble forgiving someone? It's a hard thing to do. If you're having trouble forgiving someone for something they did to you and you know that you need to forgive, but it's really, really hard, I want to remind you God's really good at forgiving. Like think of all the things God's forgiven you for. He's right there. He's forgiven you for everything. I mean, he's really good at this. It's one of his greatest qualities. The ability to forgive you and me, to pour out grace and love into our lives and mercy on a regular basis. In fact, the word says that mercy is new to us every single morning. So every single morning, no matter what we did the day before, God's mercy is available to us the next day. Like that's, a, that's astounding about who God is because I can't do that. Can you do that? When somebody hurts me, I have this inability to show them mercy the next day. It's like not the thing I really want to do. I, normally I wake up madder the next day, right? But God has this ability to be merciful to us and to humanity every single day, to pour out his grace, to pour out his love, and to restore the hope and the goodness that we have with God. That's who God is. And if he is present with us all the time, then that means you and I can access that attribute of God in our life in that moment. In that moment that I need to forgive, in that moment that that anger is rising inside of you, in that moment that that unforgiveness is trapping your thoughts and trapping your life and, and causing you not to be able to move forward. In that moment, God can give you what you need to forgive because he is with you, because he is omnipresent. 
because he's right in that struggle with you. He's right in that unforgiveness with you. And he has the ability and the power to help you forgive right in that moment. Now we could keep going, couldn't we? I mean, we could keep going for hours that we can ask him for provision, for healing, for salvation, for peace, for self-control. I mean, it could just go on and on and on. Because God is with us, these things are available to us. Every single moment we need them. Since God is everywhere all the time, and he is present with us everywhere we go, let's live like he is right there with us. Like that's the key, right? That's the difference that understanding God's omnipresence does for us. That you understand that God is with you where you are. Everywhere you go, everything you do, God is with you in that moment. See, believing in God's omnipresence will change your life. It'll change your life. It'll give you a much deeper, a much richer life in Christ as we understand that he is present with us everywhere, all the time. We've discovered three really important things about God over the past several weeks. The first, God is omniscient. He knows all things, which means what? He can love you completely. He knows everything about you. And he loves you completely. Last week, we talked about how God is omnipotent, that he's all powerful. And we reminded ourselves that God just says, hey, I've got this. I've got you. I've got the world. I've got your situations and circumstances. I've got this. Just trust in me. And today we learn that God is omnipresent. He is everywhere at once. That means God is with you. He's with you in every single thing you are going through. And these qualities of God should change the way we see him and should change our relationship with him forever. These qualities of God allow us to have an incredible relationship with him because nothing ever hinders our relationship. Nothing ever hinders us from being close to God because he knows all things, because he's all-powerful, and because he's right there with us in every single moment of our life. Would you stand with me and we'll close in prayer. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we, we thank you for the past several weeks of learning some very, very important things about who you are, about who God is, and about how we live in relationship with God Almighty, the God of the Bible, the God in our hearts and our lives, and the one who has saved us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to live this way, that you would help us to understand that you love us completely to learn how to give and receive love from you and to you. God, I pray that you would help us to surrender all things to you, knowing that you've got this, that your power is with us, and lastly, that your presence is with us. Help us to understand 
Help us to believe and to comprehend that you are with us every single moment of the day. There's nowhere we go, nothing we do, that you aren't there. And Jesus, help us to stand secure in this, knowing that our our present is secure in you and our future is secure in you. That if we've said yes to Jesus, if we believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior, then everything is fine in the world because my soul is right with God. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for what you're doing in each of us. We pray that these attributes of God, these qualities of God that we see in your word, that we would begin to live these things out in our relationship with you and they would change the way that we live with you. They would change the way that we live with one another. And we would choose to live in great relationship with God. With you, Lord, because we discover that nothing can hinder us from being in relationship with you. And nothing is hindering you from being in relationship with us. And Lord, we know that's because of the cross and the resurrection. And so we give you thanks for that. We give you praise. As we leave this place, would you help us to understand that you are going with us. That everything we are going into in this next moment, in this next hour, in this next week, you are with us and you always will be. We give you thanks and praise, Jesus. In your name we pray. We all said, amen, amen. Amen. Well, if you'd like someone to pray with this morning, we'd love to just make that available to you. So there'll be someone to pray this morning. So uh, come on up. We'd love to pray with you before you go if you have something that's really important to pray about. Always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So do Kate and I. Have a great week.